My son Ben and I took the day to go deep sea fishing off the coast a few weeks ago. We had lots of fun with a boat full of other anglers. Some were clearly more experienced than us and came back with quite a haul. For those of you who are curious, we caught lane snapper, grunts, and grouper. All of the grouper we caught were undersized, so they were released back to be harvested another day. One fellow angler snagged a keeper-sized grouper and was trying for a snapper already hooked on some bait. Some people have all the luck. I have to say that Ben and I were very lucky that day because our stringer of fish was number two, not number 15. Um, so upon returning to the dock, our fish was filleted soon after our landing and we could get out of there and cook our own supper. Imagine spending your entire night dropping and hauling in nets with nothing, not one fish for your efforts. Were Peter, James, and John ill-equipped or just unlucky? Perhaps the temperatures or the moon were not in their favor. Who knows? But after the night's failure, the sun rises and the fishermen anchor on the beach to mend their torn nets. Then Jesus comes to them, needing their help. A large crowd has gathered, and for anyone to hear anything he has to say, he needs to be separated from his audience. Jesus asked Simon to row out a little bit so that he can get some distance from all the people so that they all could hear. The curve of the lake embankment amplifies his voice to the people on the shore, much like being in the stadium with electronic microphones and amplifiers. Now all of the people assembled can hear the word of God, not only those privileged to be standing close to him, in Luke's gospel, we see that until now, Jesus proclaimed and taught in the Jewish synagogues in Galilee. Last week, we were in a synagogue in Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, and he was run out by those who knew him best. Now, Jesus has spread to other peoples beside the Jews, and many want to hear what he has to say. Jesus preaches of salvation and mercy and love to everyone in this multi-ethnic public arena, not just in his own community. The abundance of people in this scene compared to previous depictions in Luke is quite striking. Gathered here is not just a crowd, but crowds with an S. Needing a little bit of help, Jesus appeals to Simon, who he knows already, having recently healed his mother-in-law. And just like in Naples, it's awfully nice to have a neighbor with a boat who's happy to take you out. With Jesus, miracles happen. But first, a little bit of drama. Simon Peter objects when Jesus says, drop your net here in the deep water. The whole idea of fishing now makes little sense. Master, we have been out all night with no results. However, in the next statement, he acquiesces. Yet, if you say so, I will. Like Simon Peter, sometimes we can't get beyond our own experiences or out of our own heads when Jesus offers us a new chance or opportunity for growth. 
He looks like us and talks like us, but his work is not of this world. And like his instructions at the wedding in Cana, he tells us to go fill up those huge water containers and just watch what happens. I'll provide you what you need, and I'll provide you in abundance. Well, here we go again. The fishermen need fish, and Jesus provides in abundance. So many fish that they call for help. And like Isaiah, knowing that he is in the presence of the divine power, Simon Peter falls to the ground at the knees of Jesus and says, I'm not worthy. I'm full of sin. You can almost hear him say, you don't want me in your presence because I don't match up with you. In fact, I'm pretty much scared to death to be in this boat with you besides you, and besides, you're making it sink. Please just go away. The fish are great, but really, I'm fine. Leave me where I am. Likewise, both John and James respond in fear, for they too know that they are in the presence of divine holiness. The presence of the divine, the light of truth, is raised on Simon Peter's sinfulness, his shortcomings, and his failures. He can't look at who he is in the light of being with Jesus. He says, go away from me, Lord. And presumably the same for the two brothers because they're in fear also. Jesus knows their fears and assures them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because I am with you always until the end. And Jesus does not leave Simon and the two brothers caught in this state of sinfulness and shortcomings. He says, you're coming with me. I will be your heartbeat and your reason for rising in the morning and putting your head on your pillow at night. Follow me. I will teach you. We're doing something new in the world. And notice, the men didn't bring their boats with them. They didn't take their haul to the market. Simon, James, and John didn't say, I've got a roast thawing in the sink for dinner, and I've got dinner guests coming. I really need to go. No, they left at that moment. Simon Peter said, If you say so, Master, I will let down the nets. I will follow you. We have a choice. We always have a choice. Jesus calls us. We can be mindful and listen to Jesus' call to let down the nets to partake in the, abundance, in the abundance of his ways. We too can live in the abundance of the life that Jesus calls us to. We can set Jesus' words, do not be afraid on our hearts and follow him in spite of our own fears, our sins, and our shortcomings. Because if we step forward in faith and follow Jesus, our lives have love, abundance, and grace, and the peace of God in our hearts. Follow me, Jesus says to Simon Peter. From now on, you will be catching people. If you say so, I will.